Hey everybody, welcome to episode 107 of the Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore, and uh, so you're aware there will be spoilers. Now to get in touch, you can tweet Teal Productions. I will post these episodes on the Usagi Ojimbo Dojo Facebook page. You can leave comments there. BigTimeNoise.com slash RoninRabbit is the website. Space for comments there, of course. Or you can email usagipodcast at gmail.com. Now, for episode before last, episode 105, got some feedback from Mr. Steve Hubble, who is the um, caretaker of the Usagi Yojimbo Dojo Facebook page, and I believe an admin for the Usagi Yojimbo Dojo website. And he was informing me that I made a very bad mistake. Now, he didn't say it was bad. The bad is is my assessment. He says, oh, no, you've somehow switched Kagamaru and Chizu in this episode, which is, that's just a, a goofy, dumb mistake. Chizu is the Kashira, or the chief, of the Niko clan after the death of her brother Shinjin at the end of the Dragon Bellow conspiracy. Kagamaru is a Chunin, or an officer, uh, perhaps the head officer of the Nico clan, who's been scheming and plotting to take Chizu's position for quite a while. It's a dumb, dumb mistake while I'm sitting here looking at the pages to have reversed their names, but I did nonetheless. Thank you, Steve, for pointing that out to me. I apologize for that mistake. And anyone else listening, if that caused some confusion, I certainly apologize. Uh, Steve also says that a Life of Mush was a story that Dark Horse did a neat motion comic of. And the motion comic is on YouTube. And I will put a link to that YouTube uh, site in the show notes so that anyone else that's interested can see the motion comic that Dark Horse did for that story. About six years ago, they put that up. It's kind of interesting that YouTube still has it, but it's there because I checked it right before I started recording, and it's still up and running, so I'll I'll definitely drop that link. Now, our story comes from Dark Horse Comics Presents uh, Volume 1, Issue 140, published by Dark Horse in February of 1999, and the story is entitled Death and Taxes. Two main characters, Miyamoto Usagi, hopefully, of course, and Kaike-san, who I take to be perhaps the town headman um, because of the, the way that the story progresses. But uh, in, the, in the first panel, we see Usagi walking into town, into the center of town just physically. There's not necessarily a... Um, the, the, the town is... is delineated or anything like that, but this is just a large open area in the middle, I would presume, of town because there's a large fire and most of the town probably is dancing and and, uh, having fun around this large fire. Men, women, children, various types of dress. So uh, basically everybody in town, I would imagine. And he comes up and asks the first person that he runs into says, hello, what's going on? Is this a festival of some sort? And the uh, gentleman responds, ah, samurai, we celebrate to observe the completion of our harvest. So, a harvest, a, a town harvest festival. He goes on to say the rice has been gathered and supplies sold, or excuse me, surplus sold. We'll deliver our taxes to the magistrate tomorrow, but tonight we party. 
And Usagi introduces himself and uh, indicates he's a bodyguard for hire. If they're going to be transporting their taxes, do they perhaps need a sword to help protect? And as the gentleman starts to explain that they don't, Kaiki-san comes up, son, Kaiki-san comes up and tells them, it's not that we don't trust you, Usagi-san, but we would rather handle things ourselves. And Usagi, you know, bows out and says, of course, I I understand that completely. And Kaiki-san continues, but we, do you need a guide? I am getting ready to go to the city, which I guess is like the next town to theirs, only it's the, the center where the uh, magistrate is that they're going to be taking their taxes. I'm going to be going there anyways. Do you need a guide to the next town? And Usagi thinks for a minute and says, I, I guess so. I, I'll accompany you. And Kaiki-san says, excellent. We, we know the best paths through the mountains. This is an excellent time of year. Very scenic journey. I'll see you in the morning. So the next morning dawns and the two head out, Usagi and Kaiki-san, walking the path. And it's, a, it's an elevated mountain path. And Usagi notices down, presumably in the valley, uh, or perhaps a lower path through the mountains, is the entourage that is taking the small town taxes from the harvest to the big city to give to the magistrate. And they are still very boisterous and joyous and having a good time that they have the money available and the harvest is over and everything like that. As they're pulling this rather large wagon stacked with boxes, um, Usagi uh, says, he thinks, of course, and he says that, uh, wow, they're, they're making an awful lot of noise to be transporting you know, your taxes, maybe they should keep it down a little bit. Uh, Kaiki-san tells him, oh, that's okay. They're just still very, very happy about how successful our harvest was. Uh, they, they, won't, they won't cause any harm. We see a couple panels later that off in the shadows in the forest is a troop of mm, about six brigands uh, indicating that, ah, you know, I told you, uh, we knew they were going to be bringing their taxes. They don't even realize we're here. They're acting foolish. We'll be able to take uh, the money with no problems, you know, so forth and so on. At the appropriate time, they jump out. They waylay the tax transporting entourage who, uh, they don't even put up a fight. They just run and scream in fear back towards the village, uh, essentially turning over the spoils to this uh, group of brigands. Usagi, um, probably not, uh, alerted by the, the sounds of the yelling and screaming from both sides, uh, they're still in a position, he and Kaiki-san, to observe from above, and he sees what's going on, and he's, he's upset and says, perhaps we need to go do something. We need to help them, your fellow townspeople. We need to uh, get your tax money so that it doesn't get stolen you know that we, we need to do all these things and Kaiki-san says no it's done now uh, by the looks of it none of the villagers were injured you know so we don't have to worry about that I still have business that I have to take care of in the city uh, if you still want me to guide you let's go I, I need to you know keep going to to get there and Usagi acquiesces and says okay we'll you know, we'll do it your way, in essence, and continue on. 
couple panels later, um, Kaiki-san and Usagi are waylaid by mm, probably another group of brigands. I, I don't know, given the topographical and uh, geographical differences in these paths and everything, that this could be the same group. So probably they're just mountain bandits. Maybe they all belong to some big group, but they've divided up to take the different paths through the mountains and uh, watch them. But they're here. They're in the way. They waylay um, Usagi and Keiki-san. A little bit of uh, back and forth. Usagi tells them, step aside and let us pass. I'm not in the mood to be gracious. Three of the four bandits have, you know, cute little quips about, ah, I guess he doesn't realize it's four against one and a half, indicating the old man, you know. So they attack the brigands. Uh, Usagi mm, attack slash defends himself. I guess defends himself would be more like it because the brigands make the first move. Although Usagi doesn't hold back. He dispatches all four and indicates, uh, I warned them, what a waste. So he... Uh, obviously his hand was forced you know it's not not something that he wanted to do and, and we find that quite a bit in Usagi's character it's not that he refuses to do things it's that he doesn't want to and is often uh, forced into it if nothing else than just to protect his person from being hurt or killed again um, interestingly enough Kaiki-san doesn't really bat an eye but indicates cool Let's go. You know, I, I need to get to the city. And again, pretty much, you know, if you're going to go with me, let's go. Uh, I don't have time to sit here and uh, bemoan the dispatching of some brigands. It's, so they get to town. They split up uh, their separate ways. And as they're leaving uh, each other's company, Kaiki-san says, uh, not so fast, Samurai. What about my payment? And Usagi's like, payment? For what? And... Um, Kaiki tells him, well, for being your guide, for services rendered. I, I may just be an ignorant peasant, which is something that he has started um, in his conversation three or four times throughout this whole story. I may be just an ignorant peasant. We may just be ignorant peasants, so forth and so on. Really uh, hammering home to the reader that, yeah, Perhaps that's not the case, because if it were the case, I don't believe you would bring it up quite as frequently as you have. Um, but I know my worth. One gold coin should cover my fee. And Usagi's like, a gold coin? I'm almost broke. I can't afford a gold coin. And then Kaiki-san gives him a, a sob story about, well, you know, I'm an old man. There's not really anything I can do if you want to take advantage of an old man, etc., etc. Boo-hoo. Uh, feeling guilty, Usagi finally pays him. Uh heads off in a fuss as uh, Kaiki thanks him. Next panel, uh, Kaiki runs into his cousin, and we find out what's been going on. Uh, turns out that the main group that was waylaid, waylaid was a decoy, that actually Kaiki-san is carrying the taxes, tricked Usagi and used him truly as a bodyguard, which is what Usagi offered, but tricked Usagi into thinking that Kaiki-san was the guide. That way, he would not have to pay Usagi for the services. It would be the other way around, which ultimately is what happened, because he guilted Usagi into paying him. So, 
he was the actual transport. Usagi was his bodyguard. Usagi paid him. And there was a, um, a group that was sent as a decoy, which is what the brigands uh, got. So, surprisingly enough, they probably didn't find anything. I'm shocked that they didn't come after them more angry, but that wasn't part of the story. The story was about the ignorant peasants who set up this entire thing once Usagi got there. It's hard to say what exactly they would have done without Usagi. I guessed Kaiki's son would have gone on his own. I, I don't know. He still would have been the actual carrier, uh, the big entourage, the decoy. But then, fortuitously, Usagi was there. He was able to, quote-unquote, hire a bodyguard, even though the bodyguard paid him for the services. And everything worked out exactly like they wanted to. And Kaiki-san even made a little bit of scratch on the side. So there we go. Usagi uh, tricked probably as mightily as anything we have seen up until now in any of his stories. He was thoroughly, thoroughly taken advantage of. Next time out, Dark Horse Presents Annual. Uh, it came out in August of 99 from Dark Horse. Probably the annual for this year that this story was in Dark Horse Comics Presents. Talk to you guys next time. Ciao. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, Non-Derivatives 3.0, Unported License.